Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and now our new book, Just Breathe, will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. We're going to get a little serious today. In today's podcast, I want to talk about how to live counterculture as Christians and as homeschooling moms without getting swept away by the world's dangerous undercurrents. This past summer, I really wanted to go on an adventure. We had been cooped up due to COVID. Our summer here in California was very limited due to COVID restrictions. And I really wanted to take a road trip and have an outdoor adventure before school started. So my husband planned this fabulous road trip to Utah for us. We would hike, explore, go horseback riding, and whitewater rafting. My daughter couldn't come due to work, so it was my hubby, my son, and myself. Off we went, and boy, did we have fun. Until the whitewater rafting part. We've been on several whitewater rafting adventures, so that part wasn't new to us. And my son's an Eagle Scout, and my husband is a scout leader, so they've been on many trips, too, down a stream or a river. So when we got to the rendezvous point, we noticed there was tubing too. The river looked harmless. The people were getting off their tubes. They looked great. They were laughing. Looked like they had a lot of fun. And the rapids were only at ones or maybe twos. So tubing would be a fun option. So we decided at the last minute to go tubing instead of rafting. Mistake number one. Well, as soon as we got into the water... I should have known something was wrong. My husband and son easily began floating downstream with all the other happy masses of people. But my tube quickly filled up with water, and I didn't seem to float as smoothly or as easily as everyone else. Well, after one mishap after another, my son and hubby were out of sight, and I was now floating by myself and getting caught in every jetty or floating into parts of the river they actually told me to stay away from. And there was no one in sight. All of the other tubers and rafters were long gone by now. It was just me, the river, and my malfunctioning tube. I could tell the last jetty I was stuck in was not that deep, so I decided to jump out of my tube and try to swim out of the current so I could at least get back into the center of the river. Now that was mistake number two. It wasn't as shallow as I thought, and the current and the undercurrent took me unexpectedly. My tube flipped over my head, and my life jacket wasn't on securely. The water was forcing it up over my neck, so when the tube wasn't over my head, my life jacket was causing water to pool around my face and my mouth. I tried swimming and floating, but the river was at a higher grade now, so I just kept going underwater. My legs were being pelted against the rocks as I was rushing past them. I was desperately trying to hold on to my tube, even though I couldn't get back into it. And every time I would come up for air, I would scream my husband's name. Thank God they had decided to hold on to a branch and wait for me. 
they got a little worried when I was so far behind. Well, they heard me screaming. They couldn't get to me since they were downstream, but as I struggled to swim and float and stay above the water, they tried to go countercurrent to reach for me as I approached. Well, my son let his tube go so he could grab onto me. He's taller and stronger, so he could barely reach the bottom at some parts. So he held onto me and he planted his feet firmly into the riverbed and tried to help me stay above the water and afloat. Well, the current was strong and we were in a rapid section where the waters cross each other. He lost his footing and we both went under, but the boy wouldn't let me go. With my weight, I was just bringing him down. When we both finally came up and he was able to get his footing again, I was telling him, let me go. He was struggling to keep both of us above the water. He was choking. I was coughing. And then we got swept away again. He lost his footing and we both went under the water again. When we both came up coughing and choking, I begged Joe just to let me go so at least he wouldn't go under and he would be safe. But you know, he wouldn't let me go. He held on to me for dear life. By this point, my life jacket was a choking hazard. It was on wrong and not working at all. My husband was able to flag down a rafting boat and got me to come closer to Joe and I. My son held on to me and kept going under with me every time we got swept away until the rafting boat was able to get to us. Because my life jacket wasn't on correctly, they couldn't even pull me into the raft the right way. They were only choking me every time they tried to pull. So my son, again, went underwater and pushed me as hard as he could into the boat. And then he jumped into the boat with me. Once my husband saw that we were both okay, he then tried to follow us in his own tube. It's not an exaggeration or a hyperbole when I say that my son literally saved my life. Even though I begged him to just let me go so that he could swim to safety, he refused to let me go. I owe my life to my son. Needless to say, my summer adventure turned into a nightmare. Wasn't quite what I had envisioned for our last week of summer freedom, but this experience taught me many important lessons. In the midst of being pulled down and watching my son struggle too, at that moment, I had no problem telling him to save himself. I understood in that moment how a parent or a loved one is ready and willing to give up their safety in order to make sure their child is safe. I was literally screaming in between breaths while I was being pelted with water. Let me go, Joe. Please just let me go. For a few brief seconds, I could understand Jesus's words of laying down one's life for a friend. But Joe taught me an even bigger lesson. He wouldn't listen to me. What's new, but thank God at that moment, he wouldn't let me go. He put himself in danger to help me, to keep me safe, to keep me afloat, and to literally save my life. My safety was more important to him than his own. He was determined to stay with me. And is this not what our God and our Lord and Savior does for us? As we struggle, when we can't breathe, when we're being pushed and pulled with no control by the events around us and in our lives, our Heavenly Father holds on to us for dear life. 
He wraps his arms around us and he holds us tightly. He goes under when we go under, but he pushes against the current to help us get our own footing, to get air, to breathe on our own. He stays with us in the danger. It's still scary, and boy was it scary to have no control and to be dragged along with those rushing waters. But God, like my son, remains with us, arms wrapped and locked around us. We get wet, we get bruised, we may even gasp for air, but we're never, ever alone. And like my hubby and the rafting boat, God always provides a way out. He sticks with us during the trials and dangers and tribulations, but just around the corner is a lifeboat. It's help, a way out. And even when we don't have the strength or the willpower to pull ourselves into the safety of the boat, God brings along people to push us up and pull us into safety. I also realized after this experience just how much this resembles the life of a Christian, especially during these trying times today. We're living in turbulent times. There are some currents we can see, and there may only look like class one or class two rapids. However, we can't see the undercurrent. The enemy keeps us distracted. He camouflages the dangers, but the undercurrents are mighty and powerful and they're far-reaching, and they're dangerous. The jetties may look harmless or not that big of a deal, but when stuck and alone, it's hard to discern what's the best direction to go. It's hard to discern what's keeping us from moving forward. Is it our fears or the enemy's tactics? The world's undercurrents are dangerous. They're well-hidden and disguised. Sometimes you don't know if you're being swept up by them until it's too late. It's a slippery slope, that compromise. In the name of tolerance, we compromise little by little on God's truths and commands. And before you know it, we lose our footing, and as we go under, we take our loved ones with us. I know the past year, I feel like I've been figuratively gasping for air reading God's word and seeking his direction while being bombarded with the exact opposite. The world is calling good things evil and evil things good. How do you keep your footing when the world around you is pushing you in opposite directions of God's plan and God's word? But friend, this is what God calls us to do. He calls us to live counterculture. As Christians, we are to purposefully live counterculture. We're to swim against the current, no matter how hard it is. We're not to take the path of least resistance. Actually, we're called to do just the opposite. We're to go against the current. And living this way can be just as dangerous as being swept away by the current of compromise. God's word and his truth, they're not popular. But like my son, We need to plant our feet as firmly as we can, lean back, furiously grab hold of our loved ones, and fight against the current with every fiber of our body. In the last chapter of Joshua, Joshua summoned the Israelites. He recounted for them all that God had done for them, how he redeemed them from slavery, provided for them in the desert, 
how he defeated their enemies, he kept them safe, and he brought them to the promised land. He pleaded with the Israelites to destroy the idols of their fathers, to reject the gods and strongholds of the surrounding cities. He made them decide on that day who they would serve. He asked them, who will you follow? Who will you serve? Who will you obey? He commanded them to throw away the foreign gods that were among them and to yield their hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. It was that day that Joshua proclaimed his choice. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And moms, this should be our battle cry these days. We know it won't be easy. We know the current can be overwhelming and even very dangerous. But we can't give in. We can't give up. Like my son, we need to hold on to those we love for dear life. We need to stand up for what we believe in and for the things of God. And like Joshua, we need to loudly and unapologetically proclaim, as for us and our households, we will serve the Lord. Homeschooling is educating against the world's dangerous ideologies and undercurrent. Living a holy life set apart for the glory of God is living counterculture. We will stand out and we'll get soaked along the way, but God is right there with us, keeping us floating and ready to save us when we need it. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. If you heard something you like, then share our podcast, our Instagram, our website, and our new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, with a friend who might need a little encouragement, or share it with a friend who might be thinking of homeschooling. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.